Hey, Liz, how, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Really excited to have you on. We uh, obviously love big commerce and we love working with you. And I'm just, I'm thrilled we were able to get this in, in the calendar and have a, have a conversation. So um, yeah, I think Ditto. our audience is in for, for a treat and maybe I'll just get right into it. So Liz, why don't you start by giving us kind of just the introduction on, on who Liz is and um, how you kind of started with big commerce? Yeah, um, great question. So I've always been super passionate about retail, uh, merchandising, technology, innovation. Um, I've worked for a couple of different companies in the retail space, um, living in New York and Miami and in DC. Um, and I was also a founder in a, in a swimsuit company um, called Christina LaCourie Swim. But I think, you know, I had my, I love my son. I had him in 2007. Um, and at that point, a couple of years later, I was like, I need a shift. Like I need a career change. And so, uh, in 2011, I started out in technology selling antivirus software. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, um, I've worked for a lot of different tech companies in, you know, from cold calling business development to sales, to alliances, to product development and management. Um, and most recently moved over to, to the product marketing team. Um, you know, in, in September of, of 2021. Um, what I love most about working at big commerce is not only the people, uh, the amazing people that I work with, but I also have an opportunity to, to work closely, um, with other teams in terms of like research, uh, and, uh, with emerging trends. Um, and it's really about driving innovation for merchants. So that's the long, um, the long short answer to, uh, to big commerce. And I will also, also caveat, I was a former, um, technology partner of big commerce and have always wanted to work at commerce or at big commerce. Um, so this is kind of my dream job, uh, if you will. I love hearing that. And, um, it, 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 it's fun talking to somebody about technology and, and someone who's working right in such a, a leading company and also with somebody who's wearing the new Apple air, air, air Pod studio <laughs> headphones. So it, it feels very fitting and it all kind of burst together. Have you, um, have you been to Austin much? I'm, I'm sure you've probably spent a bunch of time out there now. Um, I have, I have visited a couple of times. Um, I actually joined big commerce in July, 2020. So like literally in the middle of the mm -hmm. pandemic. So, um, our company just started traveling, um, you know, in the, in the past six months. So I've been to, uh, big commerce or the big commerce, um, headquarters. And then, uh, we actually have two offices there. Um, so I've, I've been to, uh, to Austin a couple of times. So hopefully, hopefully more this year and some other traveling too. Cool. In a previous life, I used to, we used to work with Whole. I used to work with Whole Foods, and they're based in Austin, uh, and, and just love the city. Oh, nice. And yeah, yeah. Been out there a lot, actually. And um, the, have you done the Bat Bridge? No, I haven't. No. So, so the 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 bridge on Congress, um, it like is a tourist event, actually. And when the, I guess the, the sun sets, all these okay. bats come out from underneath the bridge, and everyone watches them. And there's like millions of bats, like little bats, that fly uh, either to the bridge or, on, or out of the bridge. I guess out of the bridge. Yeah. They don't like Super fly cool. around you, right? Like just have like one, one path. I, they're all under this bridge. And then when okay. the sun sets and they're going to go out, they all go at the same time. So that you see like, oh, interesting. Bats, like depart the underneath the, the underneath part of this bridge. It's, it's a tourist event in Austin. You should, you should absolutely check it out. Uh, that and the, the breakfast tacos. Um, yeah. Oh yes, of course. Of course. Um, I think it's a, it's a staple when, um, you know, we do have an event in the office or we go travel and have team meetings. It's, it's breakfast tacos all day, every day. That's right. Cool. <laughs> well, if you do the, the bat bridge, let me know. Um, but let's okay. kind of just go back to, to, to what we were to, here to chat about, <laughs> um, web three. So tell me kind of how you've 
stumbled into and, and kind of wrapped your arms around Web3? And then maybe the same question for BigCommerce and, and just BigCommerce's view on Web3 as well. Yeah, um, great question. I, I, I wouldn't say I stumbled upon it. I mean, obviously, Bitcoin kind of has been leading, um, you know, Web3, um, I want to say, you know, essentially for the past 10 years, I think, you know, I had an opportunity to get into Bitcoin, I want to say like five or six years ago. And I think back then it was like three or 4K. And I am not one to ride the anxiety train. Um, so I didn't dive into it at that time. Um, but kind of fast forwarded two years ago in the pandemic and everything, um, you know, my son now is almost 15 and a half back then he was 13 and a half. And I was like, how can we, you know, bond he's immersed in all metaverse, you know, gaming, uh, and whatnot. And so I actually stumbled upon Zed run, which is digital horses. And so he and I had spent some time, um, learning about the benefits and the different types of horses. Um, so that was my first experience, um, was buying a digital horse with him and buying ETH. Uh, I think at that point. I had bought 0.675% of one ETH. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, uh, I do own all the other altcoins too, and I own some ETH and, and whatnot. So um, that's kind of my first experience um, with that. Um, but the other experiences uh, in partnership with you in particular, um, I had been waiting to get my first NFT with a big commerce merchant, and that was Saddleback Leather, which happened you know, the beginning of January. So I can officially say like my first NFT is an Onion Haters International NFT, which I love. And I I will caveat that um, one, I I love onions, but I am looking forward to Dave's recipes. You know, one of the perks to owning this NFT is to get, you know, some recipes by Dave, who is not a fan of onions. But I will say it was the most seamless purchasing experience uh, that I've had in a really long time. Um, And I know that it was on the blockchain, which I had no idea, right? So I immediately pushed by, I got the email notification. It was in my, you know, Saddleback Leather slash Ethos um, portal where I was able to access the NFT. Had no idea anything was transacted on, on the blockchain. So I wanna say kudos to you and your team. Um, best experience, even even more seamless than like shopping at a retailer.com like Web2 site. So. Yeah, no, you're hitting on so many things there. And it is actually the biggest compliment you can give us um, about your, about anything, really anything about how seamless your experience was. Um, You're hitting on so many things there. So um, one, it's such an interesting way for a a brand to interact with a consumer, right? So now you know that the, 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 you know, the CEO of Saddleback Leather doesn't like onions and you (laughs) you feel closer to him, right? Because you've bought more of these. And, and now you're going to get access to recipes and other things because you've purchased this, this, this digital asset or this NFT. Um, so, so that's kind of one big point. One big point is, is this, is, this is truly a way for consumer brands to interact differently with their customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's just like a, a cute little, like quick uh, example, right? Um, another point you hit on is how simple it and how easy it was. And that makes us really, really happy because we think this technology has to be simple for wide scale adoption. And we innovate and spend a lot of you know resources making it easier and easier and easier for customers to interact with. Um, so the, the nicest compliment anyone can, can give us is that it was an easy uh, experience and we're not done, right? So we're going to keep making it even easier for Frank and customers. And then the third big point is you, you don't even really feel like you're interacting with the blockchain. Yep. And um, I, I think that, uh, and I, I think I know Starbucks is in the same category too, is that it's only going to be successful when consumers don't really feel like anything Web3 is happening, although it is happening and, and, and they're getting the benefits from it. Um, so, so thank you for sharing that, that experience. So it, it sounds like you kind of started in your Web3 journey through kind of like Bitcoin and um, 
other kind of like call it like cryptocurrencies. And it's similar to my path, actually. Like I, I initially just found cryptocurrencies interesting because of the decentralization and mm. kind of like all the things that, that kind of like people talk about when it comes to cryptocurrencies, but I didn't really see an application for me, like other than just kind of for fun purchases of currencies. I think the, the NFTs and digital assets, I, I know for me was the big inflection point where I was like, wow, now this is way more than just currencies. This is like customer experience. This is customer engagement. This is loyalty. Um, how, are you seeing it like that? And, and, and is, is that kind of the view at, at big commerce that it's this technology can be way more than currencies. Um, and, and just, I don't know if you have any comments on, on kind of like th that part of it. Yeah. I, I, you know, the whole, it's funny to kind of go back like six months ago, a year ago, it was NFTs. Right. And everyone kind of was like, Oh, NFTs. And they associate like the board ape, right. With it. And now they're kind of shifting to kind of, uh, refer to it as like a digital asset, right? Because it is an asset. It's a digital asset. Um, I think in terms of, you know, the benefits, there's a lot of digital that you can do, right? Yeah. There's, to me, digital assets are, are the next gen loyalty program. And I mean, there's so many different types of things that you can unlock if you own said digital asset. And, you know, because this is still new and emerging technology, they're kind of looked looking to people like us to kind of give them recommendations on how they can use it, right? So if you think about memberships, different perks, maybe there's, you know, a hidden category on the site, um, or maybe uh, you can have access to by owning that digital asset. Um, and there's just, I feel like every week there's a new type of um, utility. Loyalty. Yeah, sorry, the utility. Yeah, that that's behind it. That brands are innovating and thinking about how do we increase loyalty and conversions? How do we differentiate ourselves? And so it's almost like they're challenging each other internally on how they can differentiate from their competitor versus what the big brands are doing today, like the Nike, the Gucci, the Elo Yoga, and so forth. So and Starbucks. Yeah, it's 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 so interesting. Like to me, it feels like there's all these interesting experiences that can be offered. Um, and, and until now there hasn't really been a, a way to connect them all. So I'll give you some examples. Like I, I went to a, a burger, uh, kind of like restaurant quick service type thing in Toronto and they had a hidden menu. And I was like, Ooh, this is cool. Like, like the, the, the person working there was like, do you want to see the secret menu? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I'll get the thing. Right. So, so, th so that's interesting. And then, you know, obviously when there's like a special event, certain people get access, certain people don't, um, there's first time when products come out, there's a lineup for them. I'm, I'm sure those, the headphones you're wearing would have had a huge lineup for, uh, the first round of customers to purchase them. So there's all these non like monetary or these non cost mm. events that these brands yeah. can offer. And, and, and I feel like digital assets through, through including utility are the conduit and kind of what brings that all together. And I think that's, what's going to be really transformational here. Um, we lean heavy into utility. The, the Saddleback campaign that we ran together had tons of utility and benefits and it sold out. Right. So I think that utility is such a big piece of this. Um, but maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, what are your thoughts? Like how important is utility, uh, to, you know, including utility in the digital asset? I, you know, to me, what I think about when this whole NFT craze, you know, really launched two years ago, there wasn't any utility behind it. It was about just owning, you know, being able to say I own Board 8 Yacht Club number, you know, 1792. And it's yeah. like, cool, you own it, but then what, right? Like, what else do you get with it? And tying the utility to it makes it so much more valuable because it unlocks XYZ just depending on, 
if it's loyalty and rewards or digital or you know a, a physical asset, whatever it may be, you have to tie in a reason for owning that particular asset, right? And I think that's where there were just gaps missing initially when the NFT craze happened. Um, it's like, okay, you own this, but now what, right? Like, do I get special VIP treatment? Do I get, you know, to unlock hidden categories? Like, there, there's so many different types of utility you can tie to it to make it more valuable. And I think that's what we're starting to see um, these larger brands do in terms of, you know, to increase adoption and in, in, in revenue. It's, it's super cool. And, um, you're on the e-commerce side, um, mm -hmm. and you work with big commerce. I'm, I'm curious to, I think that the range of utility benefits that digital assets and NFTs will hold are, are really going to run the gamut. Um, but yep. specifically when it comes to e-commerce benefits, um, that we can embed in these digital assets, I think of things like free shipping. I think of things like yep. maybe a discount. Mm -hmm. Are there things that you, you, kind of know, knowing that this is you're in you're in it every day on the e-commerce side? Are there utility benefits that kind of come to mind on, on your end that are more than just discounts or like um, you know free shipping? No, but those are. I feel like particularly in e-commerce, I'm not seeing. You know, we we talked about utility of of you know kind of like free shipping or maybe you know you buy this this digital asset and you get the the physical right as part of it yeah um we're not i'm not particularly not seeing a lot of those i think free shipping or like you know maybe maybe unlocks 40 percent off of all new products you know for the rest of 2023 i don't think brands are there yet but i still think they're kind of watching the larger brands um kind of like test and learn but what i'm what I want to challenge the innovative brands to do is try, right? Like there's no sense in trying. And if you fail, then you kind of regroup, um, kind of exactly what Porsche said the past couple of days, right? Like you launch, you're not successful, then you kind of take it back and then you rethink your strategy. But it, it doesn't hurt to try um, and kind of come up with different creative ways to, you know, not only retain your current, but attract net new. And I think utility is super important behind that. Yeah. Totally. There's so many things. There's so many different ways you can go about it. And I think that as long as you're, you're trying with the right intentions, you're, you're, you're going to just, you're going to get eyeballs. You're going to get in front of people and you're going to get, I mean, the ultimate goal is customer acquisition. And this is a great tool exactly. uh, for that. Well, what's also interesting, and I know, you know, we have customers we're, we're working with together and, and these opportunities are right, right there. Right. Um, is around token gating. And like, I think of me walking into that burger place and seeing that hidden menu. And I think that's like, so available in the e-commerce world, right? So you could totally have your, you know, very special, unique products for sale at full price, but these, these holders of these digital assets get access to that, to that menu of your products. Um, so I'm excited for, for some of the projects that we have in the works that, that kind of fall, fall into that category too. Um, what, what do you think about kind of token gating and, and, and giving access to special products uh, on an e-commerce site? Um, or, or do you think brands should just open up all their products to all their customers? Well, it kind of goes back to the utility, like the why to own a digital asset. Like yeah. what, what else, what else do I get from owning this? Not just I paid, you know, Taco Bell had a great one um, that, that they launched and I actually liked it. And I, I feel like it was different. I think they launched a crunchy taco NFT um, for like less than $2. I think it started to $2. Um, and they ended up raising like $200,000 for charity, right? <laughs> it's crazy. Like, that's insane, but you, you know, you, you have to, 
you have to give it a use case as to why, right? Like the whole, the token gating um, that we had talked about, the hidden menu. What about a hidden category when it comes to e-com? So you can, you can also like tap in, I, I don't know the burger chain, but maybe online there's a hidden category, but maybe when you go in, you know, obviously you show your, your NFT and you are, maybe there's a private room, not only a private yeah. menu, but maybe there's an NFT holders room. Like there's so many different um, ways you can level up that by owning that digital asset that I think there's still a lot to be uncovered. Um, but I think it's also super important for, you know, not only for, for brands to work with you guys, because I absolutely love what you guys are doing with your brands, but to kind of challenge themselves to, to kind of think about innovative ways to differentiate. Yeah. I just think there's such an, I mean, obviously I'm biased and everything else, but I just think there's such an opportunity, <laughs> right. To use yeah. this technology, like forever brands have wanted to acquire and they'll always want to acquire new customers and they'll always want to get in front of them for a lower cost, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, this is a way to do it without discounting, right? Like if you give access to a certain group of your customers, um, the ability to see how the product's made, or you give them access to a special item that, it, you know, is only sold periodically. These mm -hmm. things are not out, out costs for you. These are just certain, you know, special experiences you're giving your customers and, and digital assets are just such a great way of doing that. So I just, I love the fact that this is a tool where brands can activate customers without having to discount. And I think, I think that's a really important mm -hmm. uh, piece of, of the whole thing. Um, maybe just kind of like segueing a little bit, Liz, we've created a, a product here that we're really excited about where cons consumer brands can issue digital assets to their customers for first so at, at no cost to their customer. So they can issue a digital asset for free. And, and we think that although there's tons of merit for selling a digital asset, there's also a great use case for issuing them to their customers for free. Um, and we've also just invested in making it super easy. So all of the brand's customers can participate by just clicking the link and inter interacting with the digital asset without having to download a crypto wallet or anything like that. Um, I'm just curious to your thoughts and, and, and what role free NFTs and, and free digital assets will play and how brands can use them. Um, I think it's a great way to, you know, for, for brands not only kind of dip their toes into the whole digital asset the you know digital assets but i also think it's a great way for consumers um because they don't need a crypto wallet they don't have to pay anything for owning that digital asset um and there's a there's an entire like way to not only attract you know younger gen like gen z and x and you know t and p whatever like gens are out there um but it's but it's also a great way like you know if you think about our parents right like they they don't know anything about crypto they don't want to get into crypto they don't understand the value of a digital asset but if they're able to get a digital asset for free and then you start adding the utility behind it like maybe it's another launch like maybe three or six months down the road and you you know continuously promote or give value for that ownership to that consumer they'll have loyalty towards you they won't go to the other you know maybe a competitor or someone else that is also innovating in the space they'll have loyalty to you because they were the first one and you gave it to them for free right? Because you're starting to test the waters and it's about testing and learning. And if you do make, make mistakes, it's okay. So you test and learn and you, you know, you move forward. This, it's, you know, web three isn't going away, right? Like it's around, it's here to stay. It's such a great point you're making. And it's one of the things that really drives us is I, I think something really special happens when you introduce somebody to a new technology and it mm -hmm. benefits them. Right. So if you're a consumer brand and you issue someone a digital asset and it's their first one, and this is the big, 
important piece and it's a great experience filled with utility, they're not going to forget that. Like Liz, mm -mm. I, I don't think you're going to forget your onion haters NFT. That I'm we, not. You know, you're not going to forget it because like, and, and I think brands have such an opportunity right now to be the first one for their customers. And, it, and if you just kind of dream with me and you believe that Web3 is going to be here forever and it's going to be a play a big part in our, our lives, it's, it, it'll be, it's a really cool opportunity for a brand to be the first experience that a, a consumer has. Um, it, there's a halo, right? Um, and I think uh, it's, a, it's a really cool thing. We are so passionate about that because I, I, here at Ethos, we think that you know one of the, the big impacts we can make is by helping people use this technology in a very simple way because we think that they'll go on and do more things after with this technology and we'll have been an important on-ramp for them. So um, yeah, and that's why at the beginning when you said... Yeah, and that's why at the beginning when you said, you know, it was so easy, I was like, this is the best compliment you can give us because our dream here is to make it so simple that more people participate and then they benefit from this technology even outside of us. Um, so it, it's, it's a super cool thing. Um, yeah. So, so maybe I'll ask you this question, Liz. Like, you know, it seems like such a, there's so many good reasons for a brand to use digital assets and NFTs. Why do you think they've been slow? Like, why do you think so many brands haven't jumped in yet? Um, I think they're, they're fearful. They're scared. They're scared to get it wrong, right? They're, they're scared to take chances. And I think, you know, merchants are waiting to sit back to see what the big players are going to do, what they're going to do with it, how successful is it? And kind of look at the data and statistics and come back and be like, either I'm going to follow suit or I'm going to take this, create my own, you know, utility and token gating aspects. Um, and then they're going to launch, you know, digital campaigns. But I think it's more of a test and learn, but they're waiting. They're sitting back going, let's just wait and see how this year goes, not only with the economy and everything else going on, but they're just kind of just waiting to see how successful or unsuccessful these brands are um, entering Web3. Um, and that can also mean like, meaning Web3, meaning, you know, crypto, digital assets and the metaverse, right? Because we're yeah. starting to see a lot more brands enter the metaverse. And so I think another question for you maybe is how, you know, if I think about that onion haters, um, you know, NFT that I own from Saddleback Leather, um, how, how do you transition NFTs into the metaverse? Is it, is it, a, you know, maybe it's a silly question, but like, is that NFT transferable to the metaverse? Is it only transferable on a specific metaverse or is it open to all? Yeah, it's a great question, and I could talk to you a long time about this because there's, there's so much to, to actually dig into. So maybe I'll start by this, uh, Liz. So if you look at the definition of the metaverse from Facebook, Google, Microsoft, the big, big tech companies, what will surprise you, maybe or it should surprise you, is that none of them reference the blockchain. And that should scare all of us. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like their definition is not does not include... Uh, the blockchain. And that's a huge, hmm. huge problem because if you step into one of these metaverses and you buy things and you own things and you like interact there, they don't want to register them on the blockchain because then they're transferable outside of those places. They want to lock you in, right? Um, so to answer your question, what's really important is for companies like ours to register things on the blockchain because it gives the power back to the to the customer and now it's it's registered and listed somewhere outside of us so what needs to happen and this can be a bit more kind of like out there is like these metaverses that are successful i don't think it'll be ones that aren't 
you know, uh, connecting to the blockchain. I think it'll be ones that do connect to the blockchain. And, and what that will enable mm -hmm. is consumers to pull things from the blockchain into those different environments. And when we work with the consumer brand, we want to register on the blockchain so that consumer brand can take it to multiple places. Now, we're not there yet. Um, in terms of like, you know, like these, the, there's no big main metaverse people are jumping into yet. That metaverse doesn't even exist yet. And it's not listed and it's not pulling from the blockchain. But I do think it goes in that direction. Um, any comments on that? Do you, do you agree with me? I do. I do. I do agree with you. I think, you know, one thing that we're all still trying to understand is we actually put out this, um, you know, global consumer report. Um, the current and future shopping trends. And we found that like, I think it was 46% um, of consumers are willing to shop in the metaverse. So I guess like to validate that point, like the metaverses are not on the blockchain, but the metaverse, you know, some, some are on the blockchain. So these can, you know, like these consumers are, are shopping on, on Roblox or are they shopping on, you know, other metaverses? Like, I don't, I don't know. Right. Because you, the, you know, there's particular metaverses out there that don't want it to be, you know, particular sale or purchase to be on the blockchain, but then there's others that do. So um, I'm not really sure how to answer that. I feel like I'm still learning um, about all of this per se. Yeah, I, so I, think, I would love I, I, for you to kind of like explain maybe a little more in detail to kind of help benefit others as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that um, here's what I think. I, I think just, I think the world's pretty efficient. And um, I think where what will end up being kind of the wild, the, what will end up getting adopted, will end up getting used, is what has the most benefit to the end user. And it's not about registering on the blockchain or not registering on the blockchain. It's not about a metaverse that looks like this or looks like that. What's it about? It's about a consumer having a good experience. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think part of the consumer having a good experience is the consumer, one, owning the things that they purchase, and two, being able to take the things that they own to different places. And, and I think that it's those two principles that actually drive mm. everything. Um, and, right. and like whether one does it one way or another, it's like if, if you're not adhering to those two things, I think that's where the whole thing, you know, it, 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 it runs into kind of big challenges. Um, and that's why at the beginning I was like, you know, these large uh, tech companies aren't aren't mentioning the blockchain in their metaverse descriptions. And I'm like, this, this feels off. Um, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, um, maybe we all end up using Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse and that's the only one we use. We can't, you know, it's like, it's like, I just, I, I'm just too much of an optimist. I think not to, uh, to think differently on that and, and, and to tie it back to kind of what you were saying before. Like I also have a, have a, have a little, I have a son and he's, he's younger than yours. Um, and like, that's not what I want for him. I don't want him to be like stuck in one place. And like, imagine I've said this before. Imagine if, um, you walked into a room wearing a sweater and then you could not take that sweater with you to another room. It'd be so ridiculous. And like, that's what happens when you buy something on Roblox and you go play, you know, call of duty. Right. Yep. Yep. No, I, yeah. I hear you. I get it. I understand. How does, um, how does having a son and what's the kind of the world through his lens on this? Does he have an opinion and kind of, if you could get a guess, his thoughts on, on, on what the next kind of, I was going to ask you, what do you think, where do you think this goes and, and, and what does this, you know, industry look like in 10 years, but maybe I'll ask it from the, from the, from the lens of, of your son. What, what, what do you think he would say? Oh Lord. Well, <laughs> He's a gamer. He games. So I can actually like quasi hear him yelling at people um, in his room, which is cute. Um, not really yelling. It's just more like 
talking loudly. I made a mistake and bought him uh, noise canceling headphones for Christmas. Oh yeah, which is great. Except, you know, I'm like, hey, can you keep it down? He's like, I can't hear myself. And I'm like, like you bought me noise canceling headphones. I'm like, dang it. That's funny. <laughs> I, need, I need to rethink that. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know, for for his generation, I, I you know, I don't think that he even understands the value of digital assets in, in crypto. I know that he understands the metaverse because he's in it, you know, five, six hours a day. Um, but I don't think that he's well aware, understands the value behind owning a digital asset. Um, we have our altcoins and play around with, you know, those that we're kind of invested in together. But I don't, you know, maybe there's a lack of education um, around him, but I think more you know, more particularly him, it's like immersive technologies, right? Like he like he likes the whole like AR VR, just not being yeah. in reality. Um, and he likes being a different person in these games. He likes being whatever his name is. He'll probably get upset if I actually say it on loud and recording. But you know, that's him. He's a different person, and he's allowed to be whoever he wants to be or however he feels at that moment. And I think that that's kind of what his gen wants, right? To kind of get away from the IRL. And just be this avatar and this different person. Um, so, so one of the things that I always say to people is, I really think we're heading into a future where we will spend more time in digital environments and not less. And I hear that, that kind of like you know about your son. And, and is that a fair assumption? Like, like do, you know, I'm always telling people I think we're going to spend more time in digital environments in the future. Um, do you knowing your son? Do you think that is 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 the case? I believe so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I do. And like, yeah. and I think, and I think that's the case for digital assets. I think it's, if you think we're, you know, we society and everybody else is going to spend more time in digital environments in the future. I think it's kind of crazy to think that we're not going to want to own things. And I also think that if, if you get there, that we're going to want to own things. I think we're also going to want to move things around. Um, and, and, uh, digital assets will play a big role. And, and, and I, and I know that where we spend our time and where we, you know, care to be brands are there and they should be there. So I think, uh, the work that, you know, we're doing here in, the work that you guys are doing at big commerce. I think it's really exciting. Um, any, um, any additional kind of comments or thoughts on, on the space that you, you'd add in kind of closing Liz? Yeah, I just, you know, there, you know, speaking of the metaverse, um, we're starting to see a lot more, um, you know, luxury brands enter, um, the metaverse meaning like Roblox. I know that there's a lot of brands that already have spaces in Roblox. Um, Notori, um, which is one of our, our key merchants, um, found out the other day that they had, you know, they launched their luxury collection. I think it was like back in November, um, you know, about their, you know, Notori's, Notorious for their iconic designs, but they launched this, you know, virtual fashion collection. Um, and we're starting to see more of those. So I guess my question to you is, where do you think that's trending? Do you think that more brands are kind of getting their feet wet with, you know, virtual experiences in the metaverse, or do you think it's more digital asset or maybe it's both? I think it's the bigger trend. I think the bigger trend is we value, like we spend, I think, I think where we spend our time is obviously uh, a point and an example of value, right? So if we mm -hmm. spend our time in digital environments and, um, our friends are there and we're doing things and maybe we're shopping, maybe we're playing video games, maybe we're on zoom. But if we're spending our, a good portion of our day in digital experiences, I think how those experiences look and feel obviously are important. I also think that if, you know, owning digital things play a big role too, 
right? Like it's crazy. Like, you know, if you think of your percentage of time we spend in the analog world um, mm-hmm. and then the percentage of time we spend in the digital world, um, it's like, it's getting close to 50, 50, I feel. Um, <laughs> right. Right. But the crazy part is when we're in the analog world, we own things. We like, like we, we, we have value on things and like, you know, it's like we have physical property, we have all these things, um, we have shoes, we have t-shirts, but when we go to the digital world, we don't really own anything. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I, I think that's the, the, the mistake. So I, I, I think it's both. I think that as we spend more time in digital environments, we will care more about the things that we're doing in those environments and we'll care more about the things that we have in our holding and have access to. And I think, I think like, I think sovereignty is a thing like that is embedded in, in us. Right. And I think we want to own things. And, and I think brands play a huge role too. Cause like, I know that, you know, I love my Arteryx jacket and like, I want to wear that when I'm in a digital environment, just like I do when I'm in a physical environment. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think the answer is both. And I think it has to do with like the trend that we're seeing with the, the younger generation too. It's like, it, it, it's only going to be more digital and, and not mm-hmm. less. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I really think that uh, we're going to spend more time in digital, like doing digital things than, uh, than we have in the past. And, and we're not starting at a low baseline. Like we already spend a lot of time in digital environments. Right. Yeah. I totally hundred percent agree. I love that. It's crazy. And it's kind of like, you know, you should get a digital version of those headphones, right? Like you bought the physical <laughs> one, right? I know Apple, get it together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Liz, thank you so much. Thank you for the partnership. Thank you for coming on 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 the on the fireside chat here. And if anyone has any questions for me or Liz, uh, we're always around and we love talking about this stuff. Um, so yeah, thanks. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Liz. Thank you.